Hello and welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and as it always is, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. We are breaking down everything you need to know for Saturday, May 15th, and the 10-game featured slate taking place past 7 p.m. That's right, pretty big slate. For a Saturday night, we've got a lot of five, six game slates throughout April and so far in early May, but this is a big one. So strategy changes just a little bit. Before we get into that, just want to quickly remind you guys, head on over to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code MMNMLB and you will get your first deposit matched up to $100. Usually I would let you know uh, a couple prize picks that I like for Saturday's slate. Unfortunately, they haven't been posted yet as of this record. So check out my Twitter account. Check out the Mayo Media Network Twitter account Saturday morning. I will tweet out some of the plays I like for tomorrow's slate. So 10 games, lots of good teams, couple interesting pitchers at the top end of this slate. Uh, we've got Trevor Bauer at 11,000. Uh, he's going to be popular, justifiably so, going up against a struggling Miami Marlins offense. Uh, I think Ian Anderson is also in a really nice spot. He is $9,200, uh, just four pitchers priced above 9 k on this slate. Anderson gets Milwaukee. Uh, they're still missing, obviously, Christian Yelich. They've been struggling to score runs across the past couple of weeks, so I think Anderson is also in a pretty nice spot, although his strikeout upside is nowhere near as high as Trevor Bowers. So those two guys, I don't really need to tell you too, too much about why you should play them, why they're viable. I think we get it at this point. So I wanted to focus on two guys priced in the 7K range who could be very viable on Saturday's slate. The first guy is definitely someone I have more confidence in than the second guy. We'll get to that in a sec. But Domingo Herman is $7,900. New York Yankees right-hander going up against the Baltimore Orioles. And first and foremost, this is just a good matchup because Baltimore can't really hit right-handed pitching. A 278 Woba against righties so far this season. That is the lowest mark of any team in baseball. So right away, you say, hey, this checks the great matchup box. It also helps that Herman had this exact matchup about two weeks ago. Uh, this was back on April the 28th. He pitched seven innings, scoreless, uh, ended up racking up 29.4 DraftKings points against the Orioles. So he's exceeded in this spot before. Sometimes you don't like to see a pitcher face the same team uh, multiple times within a three-week, two-week stretch, but when it's the Orioles, uh, I would tend to discount that line of thinking just a little bit, and I think Herman brings a nice floor to the table. His last four starts, he struck out exactly six guys in every single one of those starts, so not massive strikeout upside, although his swinging strike rate uh, is hovering around 11.5-12%, so you know, there's a lot of potential there. And he can generate swings and misses. His chase rates are actually really high game to game. So he gets guys to swing at bad pitches, which is kind of the key to getting strikeouts. Uh, but we haven't seen a ton of strikeout upside so far. So again, this is maybe more of a floor play than it is a ceiling play. Although his last three starts, 
4.5 ERA. He's holding opponents to just a 2.56 WOBA, and he's got a 26.5% strikeout rate. So it's kind of crazy we've reached a point in fantasy baseball where a 26.5% strikeout rate is like, yeah, that's slightly above average because uh, that used to be incredible. But uh, yeah, Herman is someone who I think you can pencil in for definitely 20, 21 DraftKings points. If he can get the win, if he can work deep into the game, maybe he strikes out seven or eight instead of six then we're possibly looking at him breaking 30 DraftKings points, as he almost did the last time he saw these Orioles. The other pitcher I like in that $7,000 range, and again, I like him slightly less, is Tristan McKenzie. Now, most of this is just, after watching the Mariners hit the past two weeks, I'm just ready to use anyone against the Mariners. Uh, Across the last 14 days, coming into Friday... They had a 186 batting average, by far the lowest mark in the majors across that two-week span, which makes sense. Not many teams hit that far below the Mendoza line across 14 days. Uh, They also had the second lowest WOBA in baseball across that span at 272. Um, They just can't hit. And they're also dealing with some injuries right now. Um, These aren't amazing bats by any means. I mean, Ty France started off the year very hot, uh, but he has been slumping something fierce the last two, three weeks. But Ty France went on the IL on Friday. So did Evan White. Uh, Jared Kelnick is up, so that's nice. Uh, But he's not really hitting as of the time of this recording. So he's still sorting some things out. He, He just made his debut. He's not Superman. So This is just a team that is struggling right now to produce any sort of offense. And while McKenzie certainly has his flaws, uh, the ERA and the FIP are pretty ugly. He's only thrown 23.2 innings or 23 and two-thirds innings so far this season, primarily because he wastes so many pitches because he walks almost everyone. He's got a 20.2% walk rate. That is a huge red flag. I mean, that is something I do not like investing in generally speaking. But again, these are special circumstances. At this point, I'm willing to throw almost anyone out there against Seattle. And the enticing thing about McKenzie, obviously there has to be something that draws you in, 32.1% strikeout rate. That is an elite strikeout rate. He has nasty stuff. There's a reason he was a top prospect in Cleveland's system. So the upside is clearly there. There's a ton of downside, but some of that is mitigated by the fact that right now, Seattle just cannot hit. So I think McKenzie, a play I will have exposure to. I will have a lot more exposure to Domingo Herman at $7,900. McKenzie at 7-3, by the way. Not sure if I mentioned that. Um, But yeah, these are two guys who, I mean, you could play them together if you wanted to, but two reasonably priced SP2s who you could pair with an Ian Anderson or with a Trevor Bauer, who, again, comes in 11K, so very expensive if you want to use Bauer against the Miami Marlins. Let's talk stacks. Uh, I think there are two pretty interesting opportunities here, both from uh, an upside perspective and a price perspective. Let's start with the Philadelphia Phillies going up against Anthony Kay and the Toronto Blue Jays. Kay is a bit of a weird case study so far this season. Uh, I've watched both of his starts. He hasn't actually pitched that poorly, but at the end of the day, he's allowed 11 earned runs in nine and two-thirds innings. So, yeah, he might look better than that. Yeah, his expected ERA is just 4.02, 
But at the end of the day, this is someone who is kind of a quad A arm or someone who's oscillated back and forth between AAA and the big leagues the last two and a half seasons. Um, and he's he's gotten hit hard. I mean, the barrels haven't been there. The hard contact really hasn't been that crazy. But 11 earned runs in 9.2 innings. And, and most importantly, he's just left-handed. He's at best a league average left-handed pitcher. And as we've talked about before, this Philadelphia lineup is set up specifically to punish left-handed pitching. Uh, you go through the numbers, batter by batter, and, and and the numbers for the season as a whole aren't actually amazing for Philadelphia within the split, but you know that someone like JT Real Muto can hit left-handed pitching. You know Reese Hoskins can hit left-handed pitching, and actually he's done it quite well so far this season. Gene Segura, uh, throughout the course of his career, I think you go back to the start of 2017, he's hitting well above 300 against left-handed pitching, and he just got moved up to the two spot in the order ahead of Bryce Harper. Um, Alec Baum, we talk about him a lot as sort of the value option in this stack. He's just $3,200, but it's not like Hoskins and Segura are all that expensive anyway. They're $4,700, and then Real Muto is only $4,600 on Saturday's slate. I had to go back and double-check because, I mean, just looking at that from a cursory glance, it struck me as odd, and it should. It's the second lowest salary Real Muto has had so far in 2021, this is someone consistently priced up above 5K. So while he's not a value option on Saturday slate, there is value in his price because you're saving $600, $700 for a player who would usually be priced much, much higher, especially in a matchup like this. So I think someone like K, who again, a lot of earned runs, just a 9.3% swinging strike rate. He's had a hard time missing bats in the small sample we've seen so far this season. So I think this is a pretty prime opportunity to stack the Phillies at reasonable prices. Uh, Chicago, obviously, is the other team I wanted to talk about. We've talked a lot about the White Sox against left-handed pitching on this show the past couple of weeks. Nothing's changed. They keep reinforcing our steadfast belief in using the White Sox against left-handed pitchers. Mike Miner is the left-hander in question on Saturday. Uh, He is obviously pitching for the Royals. Uh, Miner's been roughed up a little bit his last three starts. The numbers for the season as a whole are not great, uh, but specifically his last three starts, he's given up 12 earned runs in that three-start span. Um, Just not looking great. And at this point, it takes a special kind of left-handed pitcher for me to not think about stacking the White Sox. The one thing that would maybe give me pause, and this you know remains to be seen, you'll kind of have to watch uh, the waiver wire and, and watch the news uh, as the day goes through, but uh, we saw Jose Abreu in a nasty collision with Hunter Dozier in Game 1 of the doubleheader on Friday. He was not in the lineup for Game 2. Apparently, he's day-to-day. Uh, he did not test... Uh, positive for concussion symptoms, so kind of dodged a bullet on that one. But obviously his health is sort of up in the air heading into Saturday's slate, and that means we could be looking at a team that does not have Eloy Jimenez, that does not have Luis Robert, that does not have Jose Abreu, arguably coming into the year, the three guys you would have picked if I had asked you who are the best three hitters of left-handed pitching on this White Sox team. But still, despite the injuries... This is a squad that continues to get it done. They're batting well over 300 as a team against lefties. The WRC Plus is hovering around 140. That is by far the best mark in all of baseball. 
And while it is expensive to get guys like Tim Anderson in your lineup, um, you know, it's actually not that crazy to get Mercedes into your lineup. He's just $4,200. Grandal is a little bit more expensive, but I mean, both those guys, their WRC plus is above 250 against lefties so far this season. So you're going to want to get both of those guys in if you can. The really nice play is Andrew Vaughn. Um, Andrew Vaughn is finally hitting like the rookie of the year front runner. Some of us thought he was going to be coming into 2021 and he's specifically doing it against left-handed pitching. Vaughn is just $2,300 despite the fact he has a 256 WRC plus within the split. He is mashing lefties right now. He's red hot. And if Jose Abreu does not play in this game, there's a reasonable chance we could see Vaughn as high as maybe fifth in the White Sox lineup. He's usually batting seventh or eighth, which is not great for his DFS value. But if he's batting in the middle of this lineup at $2,300, he might just be my favorite play on tomorrow's slate, period. Uh, Another guy to maybe keep an eye on, Nick Madrigal, is just $2,600. Far less power than someone like Andrew Vaughn, but he's been consistently hitting second uh, right after Tim Anderson in the White Sox lineup when they face left-handed pitching. So if you can get two guys in the top five in the White Sox order for 2,600 and 2,300, I think you really, really have to consider it. Okay, before we get out of here, do you want to do some best bets? Uh, Let's talk about Chicago again. Uh, We could easily just say the team total, which is what we've done the last two times they've faced a left-handed pitcher, and it's worked both times, and it hasn't taken very long for those bets to hit. If you want to know, over four and a half runs is minus 112 on Saturday on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I like it. Why would you not? I'll probably bet it, but the, the bet I did want to single out is at plus money. If you just want to bet the White Sox on the run line, minus one and a half, it is plus 110. The White Sox are 36 and 15 the last 51 times they have faced a left-handed pitcher. Conversely, the Royals are 1 and 12 in their last 13 games. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to lose by at least two runs, but this is a very hot team going up against a very bad team and a team that is scuffling right now. And the White Sox have shown time and time again they're going to put up runs against the lefty. I don't think the Royals can keep up. Last bet on the DKSB that I wanted to talk about. This is actually a game that kicks off a half an hour before the main slate does at 7 o'clock. Uh, 6.30 start time, San Francisco against Pittsburgh. Really shallow road dog, San Francisco, on Saturday. It's just minus 141 on the money line. It's Johnny Cueto going up against Mitch Keller. That is a massive, massive mismatch in the pitching department. Uh, Cueto so far this season did get roughed up a little bit in his last start, but 3.14 FIP across his first four starts of the season, while Mitch Keller has a 50% hard contact rate, 50% of the batted ball events he's given up, coming off the bat at over 95 miles per hour. Bad sign. Also has a 13% walk rate, has an ERA above 7 Uh, I just think the Giants, who have been exceeding expectations all season long, are probably going to win this game because the pitching matchup really favors them. And also, they just have a better offense. So, Giants' money line, minus 141, seems a little light to me. I will take advantage of that. Along with the run line for Chicago at plus 110 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network. Once again, keep an eye on the Mayo Media Network Twitter account 
I will post a couple prize picks that I like for Saturday's slate. I am Gary and Thorne. I will catch you guys next time.